Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker bros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade, under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Sol, B-Sol, and T-Sol. The Sully Scoop is the official Nebraska Cornhusker football podcast, brought to you by Big Banter. Welcome into your favorite Cornhusker podcast. That's the Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Cell, B-Cell, and T-Cell. And this week, you know the vibes are high coming out of a week with a win, but not only a win, a Big Ten win against Illinois at Illinois in Urbana on a Friday night. Who could have seen this coming? Uh, I saw it coming, J-Cell, and I'm the only one on the panel who saw this coming. Not so fast there, B-Cell. Not so fast. If you want to turn the clock back all the way to the beginning of the season, I told you this from the get-go. If you want to get Nebraska straight, if you want to right the ship, Illinois is the team you got to write it against. Beat Illinois every single year. Start there. Never let those, those guys beat you. And then build up for the bigger wins from there. Well, T-Saul, you picked Illinois to win this game at the beginning of the year. You picked Illinois to win the game at the beginning of the week. I don't know how you're coming out here and saying that you were on B-Saul's side. I got to be honest, I did not see this coming. I thought Illinois was going to trample over the Huskers just like they have done for the past five years. I didn't think anything would have changed. Maybe Illinois has fallen further this past offseason than previously because I don't know if I'm getting on the train that the Huskers are back just yet. And Jason, you stole my thunder here. Tiesel picked this Illinois team to win the Big Ten West. Tiesel picked this Illinois team to, dare I say, steamroll this Nebraska team. No. Tiesel out here, here he had all his flags and all his chips and all his horses riding for Brett Bielema. And then he looked as stunned as Bielema did in the first quarter when Illinois couldn't get anything going after getting stopped at the one yard line. Let me tell you, Tiesel, it was a sloppy game. We called it last week going into this game, but heck of a win. Proud of these boys for getting a win. Listen, we're three and three. We've been three and three the last two seasons as well. Let's see how the team rebounds halfway through the season. I do well, want to say all... that I, I think that that, you know, last fourth and one from the one yard line, that stand changed the game, changed the outcome, changed the morale for the entire game. I think this is a lot closer of a game if Illinois scores that touchdown right there. And honestly, I don't know if the Huskers respond the way they did as quick as they did. The Huskers came out flying on all cylinders that, all right, our defense showed up again. Let's see what the offense can do. And guess what? They put it together. Why? Because Illinois just isn't that good. Jay, so I'm with you there. You know, just stuffing them at the goal line on fourth and one and coming away and getting out of it without giving up any points. It just, you know, sparked the team to get going from there. And they never looked back. And I agree with you. If they gave up a touchdown, they might've fallen flat and fell into the same thing that they did against Michigan. But the team decided to take a stand and you love to see it because that means that 
this team is different than the teams in years past. And so that shows that we're headed in the right direction. And Bissell, I did pick Illinois at the beginning of the season, but to sit here and say that I was calling now, for them last T-Sol, week T-Sol, is T-Sol, the first step, The first step in recovery here is admitting when you're wrong. And I'm glad to hear that you're coming out and saying that you picked Illinois. You're, you're admitting your problem here. But if you recall, last week I told you that there's no chance Illinois is winning the Big Ten West. And so I'm correct because Illinois will not be winning the Big Ten West. And I also told you that I thought the loser of Illinois-Nebraska has the potential to not win another game on the season. And after the team we saw at Illinois, I can tell you they're probably not winning another game this year. So we just beat the worst team in the Big Ten. Congrats, okay? Before you start waving your victory flag over there, B-Cell, and, and, you know, planting your flag in the ground that we conquered the West, let's conquer the next three games first because we got Northwestern, Michigan State, and Purdue. Three teams with losing records. Three horrible teams and three teams that really any team with a pulse should be able to come out and beat. So, B-Cell, if we win three these next three games, then I'm with you. We're competing for the West. And let's actually try to take out Wisconsin this year. But until that happens, I'm still not completely convinced that we're going to go 3-0. I mean, when's the last time the Huskers won four games in a row? And don't even say ease the schedule this year because it's not like our schedule last year was that difficult. I never said last year's schedule was difficult. Last year, it was a debacle under Scott Frost. The schedule this year does pan out. I think the Huskers can rattle off a handful of wins here. And especially, you know, when we're getting each of these teams who they're playing before and after us helps, nobody's taking Nebraska seriously still. And so that helps us in the long run. But Tisol, I got to circle back here. You don't think this Illinois team is going to win another game? No. You Do you think, no, do you think just out of curiosity, you believe this Illinois team is the worst team in the Big Ten? I do now, yes. You, you think they're worse <laughs> than Indiana? I do. Really? Yep. I I would struggle to believe that this Illinois team is as bad as Indiana because I would circle that as a game as a game <laughs> on the schedule there that Illinois will win easily and I would be willing to put a bet down with you on that Tisol. There is no way this Illinois team loses November 11th, 11-11. Illinois takes on Indiana at home, and I guarantee you that will be a conference win for the Illini. Now, Bissell, did I just hear you correctly? Did I just hear you say that on your calendar, you're circling the Illinois versus Indiana game, a game that everyone else, if it happens to pop out on their TV, is probably turning it off or walking away? you gotta be, you got to pay extra to stream this one. This is a Big Ten Plus, my friend. I'll tell you this, Bissell. If you bet on either team, you're probably throwing your money out because that is going to be the ugliest game you've probably seen all season. That's going to be a game of who can give away the ball the most. Listen, it probably will be, but I'm telling you, that is a game that Illinois should be circled and getting excited for. That will keep them from going winless in the conference this year. I still think they lose that game, honestly. I mean... Indiana is going to be way more battle tested at that point. And Illinois has shown signs that, you know, they're not that 
garbage of a team. They are a garbage team, yes, but they're not the rug that people come in, you know, wipe so, their feet on, spill so, their Tiso, martini let's, on. Let's just make it interesting. I know we're not Illinois' podcast. I know we're not Indiana's podcast, but let's let's just get it interesting here. I want you with Illinois steamrolls Indiana on November 11th. <laughs> I want you to come on the podcast and just admit that I want you to come out and tell the entire scoop listeners, all the loyal scoopers, how atrocious your hot takes have been this season. And that B is the smartest person. Didn't on the I panel. just, didn't I hit my hot take of the season? Didn't you I have hit, hit a take si- You have not hit a hot take yet this season. Did, are you just blacking out the the Minnesota losing to Northwestern hot take? Um, I believe that's only the first part of the hot take. The second is that PJ Fleck will not make it through the year, and I can tell you right now that is not going to happen. Are you sure? You're about sitting that? at you're sitting you over sure here, T. Salt. Yes, I'm positive because I can tell you right now you are sitting here and you got greedy, my friend. You parlayed them together. You wanted that bigger payout, and I just I don't see that happening. Aviso, uh, Minnesota for the last however many years has been winning eight and nine games. They're sitting at three and three right now, and hey, they just so finished the easy part of their schedule. Let me say that again: they finished the easy part of their schedule, going three and three. Minnesota has potential to lose out. They do have that potential. Now, I think that they will beat Michigan State, but. I'm not sold. They will beat Purdue and they should beat Illinois. But at that point, they might be just the beaten down horse that can't get up and Illinois capitalizes on them. Yeah. I I think there's I think there's enough on these hot takes that you you tried to get greedy that I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, let's let's just even face it. Let's revisit here. Devin Mockaby gonna have more touchdowns than Gabe Irvin. You should have locked that in. Say- should have locked that in. That Ooh. hit. That hit because Gabe went down. Now, I can tell you the part that has no shot at being made is Devin Mockaby will not only have more touchdowns than Gabe Urban, he will have 14 touchdowns on the season. How many is he at? Four. He's he got six hot. games left. He uh, can get oh, hot. He's going to hit 10 Don't touchdowns in a total of four yet. games. Don't count he's not score- yet. He's not scoring against Michigan. He's not scoring against Ohio State, so you're already down to four games now. You think now he's getting ten? Now hold on 10? a second. Now hold the phone here because Purdue's history against Ohio State is pretty favorable. And if you look at their history in the last, I, I don't, I don't care about history. Played, no, it does matter. You know why? Oh, oh okay. Because there okay. was a five-year Jay hiatus. Is- there was a five-year hiatus where they didn't schedule. Purdue versus Ohio State. And those five years were the best recent five years of Ohio State's history. And they have a championship, an undefeated championship circled in there. Guess what? Nebraska didn't get that favorable type of schedule. They stopped scheduling Purdue versus Ohio State so Ohio State could rise to the top and not get those surprise upsets because Nebraska's history we've done really well against michigan state and guess who they stopped scheduling us against michigan state except for this year and guess what did you the other team that we have success against is penn state and guess who hasn't played penn state in like six years wait 
the we're not hold skipping on. over hold this. On. We're not hold skipping on. over hold this. Hold on. Did Let you me go get the tin out here. No, hold up. Did you just come out here and say that the only reason Ohio State has climbed to the top is because the Big Ten stopped scheduling Purdue on their schedule? Yes, Jason. That's the part you're look up. On. Look up the history because I'm if trying, they lose to Purdue, they're not no, going to the nobody playoffs. Nobody cares. Hold, hold on. Nobody hold cares on. about the history. Just, just go look at the teams. If they Ohio State lose, is exactly. light no. years above them. What if you they don't lose to Purdue, they don't go to the playoff. Tiso, do you, you agree your, or do you, you disagree? Get your, you get your tinfoil hat guess, out and you I, put I that agree. on. If anyone loses to Purdue, they don't go to the playoff. There you go. That's why they stopped scheduling them. They've been losing to him. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. Let me somebody somebody get this. Somebody get Kevin Warren on the phone because I want to know why Purdue got lucky to still lose out six games a year and not have to play Ohio State. What kind of crap is that? <laughs> well, how, that's how because... did we how did we draw the straw that they were like, hey, Nebraska, guess what? You're gonna play Ohio State every year. But Purdue I'm... Purdue is is so dangerous to Buckeye Nation that we're taking them off the schedule. Purdue, well, you are going to play. Take, you Purdue are going to play five losses. Uh, well, apparently, or or would they get an extra loss because they're not getting that win against Ohio State that apparently they locked in every year? Okay, now let's let's do recent years. Okay, we're going to run through the history, and you're going to hear why. I want to know. No, all time, all time. What is the record against them? What is the all-time record between Ohio State and Purdue? Purdue has 15 wins and 41 losses. <laughs> and you <laughs> agree. <laughs> you agree that that's closer than what it should be for the quality of team that that Purdue is. You agree? I, I'm sorry. I I don't that, think 41. That right I don't there think should 41 be 50 to losses. In, no. I Purdue's a you're team talking, you should beat 10 times and lose two but, once. But you're talking, you go all the way back. Purdue's had good quarterbacks. All They've the way had back, good teams it's over recent. The years. It's recent. I just, asked recent. For the, I just asked for the all-time record. And you're telling Nobody me. Nobody cares the, about the 1903 matchups, Bezel. We're uh, talking well, about recent history. Apparently they Whoa. do. Because Whoa. I guarantee that's where Purdue probably has about seven or eight wins out of their you're 14. Wrong. It's recent. Okay. Let's All the grandparents the that are tuning into the scoop right now just got offended there, T-Saw. You take that back because those games did matter. Yes, they, they might not have been playing for the Big Ten or the, you know, not even the Big Eight at that time, but those games mattered. They didn't even have helmets back then. They had the leather caps, and those games still mattered. Well, let okay. me tell you. Okay. Let me go through the recent history, okay? Recent history. The last time they played was 2021. And Ohio State won fifty nine to thirty one in Columbus. Hold on, hold on okay, hold on. Columbus. No, I, I got a, I got a serious question here. I just, I got to stop everything. I thought you told me that they haven't played in five years. I said what year five... is it? What year is it? <laughs> I said there was oh a five gosh. year hiatus. I didn't say it was recent five year. The five year hiatus <laughs> was between twenty thirteen and twenty eighteen. They didn't play. And guess who won a national championship in that time? Ohio State. Okay? Oh, Some if they would have played Purdue. Would argue, if they would have played Purdue, Purdue would have had they, a national championship. No. Yeah, Purdue no. What would have happened is Ohio State wouldn't have been in the playoff. Because if you recall, the only reason Ohio State got put in the playoff is for dropping 70 points on Wisconsin in the championship. 
but nobody would have cared about that if they had a loss to Purdue on the schedule. And what the Big Ten did and Kevin Warren did is he took away that possibility. He took away their juggernaut. Meanwhile, for Nebraska, he scheduled their juggernaut every year. It's Wisconsin. We can't beat Wisconsin. Well, guess who's in the same division now? Wisconsin. He did the exact opposite for Nebraska, what he did for Ohio State. And you can argue all you want with me, but you'll be wrong and I'll be right because, you know, history proves it. And don't you, you forget go, it. You go to 2018, okay? Who's the better team I, in no, let's just, let's just go back. Hold on. So you Who's said the better team recent, in 2018? You said, you said in recent years, just let's get back to the main thing before we get off topic here again. In We're recent years, Purdue has been – more successful against Ohio State. So you went back to 2021. Than anybody else in the conference. Okay, yes. so 2021, they lost. I'm pretty sure a lot of teams lost. So let's let's keep going. They're they all lost 59-31, to 31, so they put up a fight. Uh, they gave up 59 <laughs> points, so let's continue. And, they, and are, Ohio State gave up 31. Uh, garbage time against the Purdue. third stringers. Yeah. I think it was the other way around. I'm sure if we rewatched film, I'm sure Ohio State scored three garbage time. I, I am not going back to watch a Purdue Ohio That's State. That's the exact game kind of coach that Ryan Day ago. is. Ryan Day hasn't done much for Ohio State. He it, has I mean, not. it's the truth of the matter. He, we He's can not agree on Urban that. Meyer. Agreed. 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 <laughs> he is nowhere near Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is the best college <laughs> football coach. He's done so, it. Well, hold on. Jason, Jason, what you have to understand here is. Ryan Day apparently is 1-0 against Purdue from what I've just heard. And it sounds like Tiesel said in recent years, Purdue's been more successful, which would lead us back into the Urban Meyer days. Are you telling me, Tiesel, that Urban Meyer struggled against Purdue? Whoa, are we going yes. all the way back? They, are we going all the way they, back they to the Jim play. Trestle days? They had a he they had too. a five year hiatus. They had a five year hiatus. They all did. When they came in. Okay. Urban so let's, David, they let's had get a five these records. Hiatus. Let's let's get these records. Let's let's go. Last last 10 matchups. What are we talking? Okay, so 2021 in Columbus, Ohio State wins 59 to 31. Okay. Purdue puts up a fight, but they lose on the road. 0 and 1. In 2018, so you're talking now, they didn't play in 2022. They didn't play in 2020 or 2019. So in 2018, at home, Purdue wins 49 to 20. They blew them out. Are you surprised by that? I I am very surprised, but we're 1 and 1, baby. Let's get cooking. Let's go back. One now one. you're in 2013. So they went five years without playing each other. And Ohio State beat them 56 to zero in one West Lafayette. Two. One and yeah. two. I can see okay. why they took them off their schedule. In 2012, <laughs> in 2012 in Columbus, Ohio State won 29 to 22 in overtime. Okay. One and three. A loss is a loss, baby. Let's keep going. 2011 in West Lafayette, Indiana. Purdue beat Ohio State 26 to 23. Oh, Purdue got another win. Purdue got another win. Okay, so last five matchups, Purdue's got two wins, three losses. Let's keep going. Do, okay, but let's stop there for a second. Does that <laughs> surprise you with where we are right now? No, because they'd have about 10 losses if they played every year. I don't think so. I don't think so, and neither does the Big Ten, and that's why oh, they don't schedule them every oh, year. I don't think so. That if look, if the Big Ten wasn't worried about Purdue, they would schedule them with Ohio State every year. But they are worried about it because they're worried about getting left out of the playoff. And that's all that matters. And they've shown that. So that's why they've put they've stopped now, putting Purdue against Ohio State because they're one of few teams in the Big Ten 
who have had any success now, if any at all, against Ohio State. Now, Tisal, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you just just hear me out. I'm gonna need you to take that tinfoil hat off and just listen to me for a second here, okay? If the Big Ten was so concerned about Purdue and not having them on the schedule to get into the Big Ten champ or get into the playoffs like you're talking, why is Purdue playing Ohio State and Michigan this year? Wouldn't you think that those are your top two options to get into the playoffs? That if you were that concerned about this Purdue Boilermaker team, you would have them off the schedule? I or said, does this go or does this go even deeper? Did the Big Ten pay off Jeff Brom to leave <laughs> Purdue and go back to Louisville, where he just pulled the upset of all time last weekend? Besal, I said Ohio State struggles with Purdue, not Michigan. Ohio State. And but I But you think just what- said the Big Ten is not scheduling Purdue because they want to get in the college football playoff. Purdue was playing the Big Ten's top two options to get into the playoff this year. So I yeah, would say they can't that beat foils Michigan. your plane. They can't beat Michigan. The Big Ten has no worries there. And if they knock off Ohio State, the Big Ten doesn't care because they don't think Ohio State's as good as Michigan based on that schedule. Now, if we continue on, in 2010 in Columbus, Ohio State won 49 to 0. Okay. They blew them out at home. Then 2009 in West Lafayette, Purdue wins 26 to 18. Are you guys shocked by these results? That, I don't that, even care. The Ohio State <laughs> juggernaut who ran the Big Ten is struggling with a caliber team as Purdue. Isn't that mind boggling? And then, and then they have the audacity to take them off the schedule. Let's make it real easy for Ohio State and just make it. Let it just blow away. All your I didn't even blow know they were away out the schedule. window. I didn't even know they weren't on their schedule. I I didn't even know there was a five year hiatus. I I am not up here reading about now, Purdue. I'm telling you. Now, now I'm Jay telling Sol. you. I Jay wish Sol the Big Ten could make Nebraska's hold, days easier. Hold on, but they make Are them you- harder. Are you guys? Are I would guys much ready? rather play Purdue than Ohio State or Michigan. I'm ready to blow both your minds. Are you ready for this one? Tisol is over here. Hot take, but he is already talking here about the Big Ten removing Purdue from Ohio State's schedule because Purdue puts up a fight against them and blah 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 yes. or whatever. So Purdue's all-time record against Michigan is 14 and 46. Pretty, pretty comparable, I would say, to the Ohio State record. Now, Who where it gets cares? interesting here, no, where it gets interesting, <laughs> Jaysel, is let's dive a little deeper because Michigan also had a five-year hiatus from playing Purdue from 2012 to 2017. Purdue fans didn't even know this. Nobody cares about Purdue, okay? Uh, we can well, apparently, Kevin that. Warren does. Kevin Warren cares a lot about <laughs> Purdue. Time we to put your tinfoil hats on and let's let's dive deeper into Kevin Warren's conspiracies. 
I don't even know anyone that stays up to date on Purdue Athletics, but apparently these two do. Who even looks into Purdue Athletics? Not this guy. I can let you know that. But let's flip it back to Devin Mockaby. Who exactly? Apparently, he is the Purdue running back who T-Saw is out here saying is going to have 14 touchdowns on the year. He only currently has four. And don't forget who Purdue still has on their schedule. Ohio State, Michigan, and the number two rushing defense in the the Big Ten, and that is the Cornhuskers. There is no way that Mockaby is coming out here, and he's going to have 10 touchdowns in the matter of six games when three of them are the likes of Nebraska, Michigan, and Ohio State. Chalk it up is another L on one of T-Sol's hot takes because let me tell you, all the loyal scoopers, you already know, but any new people listening right now, T-Sol has never hit in a hot take. Never. That, Jason, that is a bunch of crap, and you know that. You know that I landed that Oklahoma having a worse schedule last year or a worse overall record last year than Minnesota and Purdue both. You know that I landed that one, and you know that I called that Northwestern hot take tapping off Minnesota. But All right. Jason, honestly. We already we already labeled it that that is not complete. It's in the works, but it's and not And it's going to hit. And, Jason, that's honestly – but. That's honestly beyond the fact that we're talking about how Kevin Warren set up the Big Ten for Michigan and Ohio State to succeed. And for Penn State, he gave them the same opportunity. And you want to know why and how I know that he gave Penn State the same opportunity? Because he stopped scheduling them against Nebraska. This is one of the teams in the Big Ten Nebraska just seems to always beat. And so who do we stop playing Frickin' Penn State. And who are we going to blame? The frickin' Big Ten Board of Idiots. That's who. Because if you if you dive through the recent, the recent years, we haven't played Penn State since that fake season of 2020 where we beat them 30 to 23. That's right. We only won, what, two games that season, and one of them was Penn State. 2017, we lost to them 56 to 44. And Scott Frost's famous first year where he didn't know the difference between a football and a banana. and Then you go to 2013. We beat those guys in overtime 23 to 20. You go to 2012. We beat those guys 32 to 23. You go to 2011. We beat those guys 17 to 14. And that was when we were supposedly their rival in the Big Ten. And we were going to play them every year until we kept beating them. And then they're like, you know what? We don't want Nebraska to succeed that bad. So we're going to stop scheduling them against them. And uh, wait. Who does Nebraska keep losing to? Ohio State, like pretty much everybody else in the country. All right, here's Ohio State. Here's Ohio State. Yep, we know. We know what the Big Ten and Kevin Warren was doing. I got to tell you guys, it's kind of a uh, breath of fresh air for T-Cell to be the one out here giving conspiracy theories for once. Normally, he's the one poking holes in all of them, but he's out here, tinfoil hat and all, buying into the Big Ten, screwing Nebraska year in and year out. And let me tell you something. I'm here for it. Did you guys see this schedule for next year? And they're talking, none of the teams in the Big Ten will have to travel coast to coast in back-to-back weeks that they're going to give them the opportunity. They're going to put a bye week in between there. Baloney. I guarantee you that Nebraska will be playing in um, at Rutgers on a Saturday night late game. And then we will turn around and we will have a Friday morning or a Saturday morning game in 
USC, Southern California the very next week. They are going to find a way to send us coast to coast. And then after that USC game, rather than give us a bye week, nope, we're going to send you back across country to the East Coast. It's going to be a horrible three weeks of travel for the boys. And B. So did you see who they happened to leave off our schedule for next year? Penn freaking State. That's who. Well, before we get on to playing Penn State again, there's a few things that these Huskers need to fix if we're going to continue to see more wins this season. And that comes down to, I believe, our penalties got worse this week as we had 10 penalties for 70 yards in which Matt Rule, which I did like, he was coming out here, and he was blaming the refs. I 100% agree. If it's on the refs, you let them know it's on the refs. Don't take the fall for somebody somebody else's mistakes. Listen, they were out there. We got a bunch of false starts because we're the only team that gets the disconcerting signals when they're on defense. We're the only team that can, you know, clap on defense and all of a sudden it's called. But other teams that do it against the Huskers never get it called. Another thing I want to say that we got to get better at is the turnovers. You can't have three turnovers in a game and consistently win games. Yes, this was against Illinois. So that helped the Huskers out in getting this win. I think pretty much any team in the country could have three turnovers against Illinois and still come out with a win and the Huskers clearly showed it here and another thing the Huskers got to really work on is getting more yards per rush when they're running the ball they only got 3.2 which isn't terrible but I want to see that number up above four and a half to five before you know the Huskers are starting to control the clock which they did in this game I mean 37 minutes to 22 is clear control of the game the Huskers had this one from the get-go after that fourth down stand on the goal line but there's one thing I want to take away from this game that I didn't really like other than the one for one on fourth down obviously I love that but the third down efficiency was not good and why it is because Satterfield is out here trying to run a balanced offense. Listen, our passing to rushing should never be exactly on par. 154 to 158, that's exactly on par if you're within, you know, 15, 20 yards. That's pretty much on par. We should have more rushing guards. And guess what happens with that? You don't get sacked in the backfield. And all of a sudden, you're not behind the change to start, which is why we were only 5 for 15 on first downs is because we started behind the chains run the ball on first down and work with it from there. Now, Jason, going going to echo your point here. I strongly feel that Satterfield is trying to be creative with the offense. I think he's going to make those excuses. Do I think he's the right answer as an offensive coordinator? Absolutely not. I don't no. think the guy knows how to call play call or I don't think he knows how to call plays. But when you look at it, Nebraska shot themselves in the foot so many times with those penalties that you were behind the sticks a lot. I think that led to him calling more pass plays to try and open it up to free up some running lanes. I mean, let's be real here. There's no reason that this team didn't have five yards of carry against Illinois. They should have been doing that. But I do have to tell you my big takeaway from this game, and it's going to sound a little bit of a change here, especially going into a bye week, because this will probably be the week it bites me for saying it. Harburg will be the quarterback moving forward. I've told you from the get-go that I thought if Sims was healthy, Sims would be the guy that they would put Sims in. They trust him. He's Matt Rule's guy. Heinrich looked the part. The offense seems to run smoother. He's not completing passes very consistently, but Sims wasn't doing that. 
but I feel like the offense is running smoother with Harburg at quarterback than it ever did with Sims. Now, B, so See, that's I, something I can get behind you with. I believe at this point in time, this is Harbaugh's team. And who is he? Is he flashy? No, he's not a flashy guy. But you know what? He doesn't need to be because he's the if he's behind center, you figure he will do enough to get Nebraska to the promised land for next season, which is making a bowl game. And if you put Sims out there, you just don't know what he's going to do. And he might end up costing you a game like he did against Minnesota. And you just can't have that. But what I want to do say about Satterfield, I still don't love the dude either. But at least coming into this week, he switched around his play calling. And we threw 24 passes and ran it 49 times. So for every two rushes, we threw one pass. I love that. And moving forward, that is exactly what we need to do. And what I love most is half of our rushes is the quarterback because that's our best play. It's been our best play all season, so why not run it? Half of your plays is the quarterback run. I don't care if the other team knows it's coming because we have an athletic quarterback. He goes down, then, yeah, sure, Bisel, I'll give your buddy Jeff Sims a shot. And you know what? He's going to do the same thing. He's just going to do the quarterback run for me because that's our best play. Let's run it. Let's get in the end zone a couple of times because our defense is a solid unit. See, this is where I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. This is Illinois we're talking about. You're acting like he's the best thing from sliced bread coming out here. Do we not remember? Do we not remember what happened the week before? Do we not remember? Harburg couldn't get anything on offense started. Listen, Jeff Sims might be out there making the field last week. And you couldn't pick up 20 picks in three weeks. Harburg didn't pick up a first down. Yes, but however, Harburg does not come out of Minnesota with the win week one. I will have you know that. He does not come I don't, out of I don't Colorado with a win. He does not come out with Colorado with a win. He has won games that if Jeff Sims was playing, Jeff Sims would have won those games. Probably. There is nothing I'm not special. Harburg has a worse completion percentage than Jeff Sims. I do want I'm, you to know that. And that is I'm not, not including his interceptions. I'm not, saying, I'm not sitting here saying that if Harburg started, we'd be undefeated. This team had so many growing pains to go through. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. It sounds I'm like you telling, are. I'm telling you that at this point, after beating Illinois, getting your first Big Ten win here, and going down the stretch here of very winnable games, how can you pull the plug on a guy who has the team believing in him? I feel like the offense wants to run through a wall for this guy. The defense wants to run through a wall for this guy. They didn't want to do that for Jeff Sims. See, I disagree. The defense is the same defense. They're going to compete in every game that they can. Obviously, they couldn't compete against Michigan, but did you see our offense? Our offense couldn't do anything. We couldn't even move the ball. We had five first downs the entire game against Michigan. And you're going to come out here and tell me that this is the answer. This is our guy. No. I am not 100% bought in. I don't think Harbaugh is all that great. Listen, Jeff Sims, they're telling him to sit back there and pass the ball. If Jeff Sims is out there running the ball like Harburg, all of a sudden you would see the elusiveness and electric speed that Jeff Sims has. That guy is a better athlete than Harburg. Well, I agree with you. I think he is a better athlete. But I don't know that Jeff Sims has put it together or learned the offense to a point that they feel comfortable putting him out there. But five for 15 on third down has you buying it. I we got said, lucky to win this game. I, I do. All I told you. Doesn't was take luck to beat Illinois. Wins, 
still got lucky. They are not going to pull the plug. I told you from the get-go after Louisiana Tech, after Northern Illinois, that I thought this was Jeff Sims' job and they weren't going to let him lose his job because of injury, that they were probably going to let him get healthy and come back. After this game and the way that they played, and we are playing with a ton of backups in, I have never seen a team so decimated by injuries on the offensive side of the ball that to the point these guys have bought into what Harburg's doing, that you cannot turn around and put Jeff Sims in. I think it'll screw up the chemistry How that they have they bought in. How have they bought in? They beat NIU and Louisiana Tech, and then you're going to beat Illinois, who has talking, two wins the I'm entire season. On a Illinois, week, Illinois on does a not have week. Illinois does not have a Power Five win, and you're telling me that they have bought in. This team can do elusive things, electric stuff. Listen, they can't the do anything different. Has with bought this guy. into what Harvard can do at quarterback. They have the team has. Absolutely. They haven't. Because when you come beat, out after getting embarrassed, no, you got Woo-hoo! embarrassed by Michigan to the point that you turned around, exactly. you practice an extra day, it's a short week, you're on the road, and you come out and you let this quarterback who wasn't even supposed to be the backup going into the season come out and lead you to a win. A team with no Power five wins. They beat a team with a that lost to. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How many? How many power five wins did we have? I'm I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, sorry. I thought we, we were. Would, I thought we were swimming we in be, them. We, we have every right to four, be excited about a Big Ten win after coming off these horrible seasons five and on one. the Scott Frost. We would be five and one if if Harburg would have started the entire year. That's pretty much what you're saying. That's pretty that, much what you're saying. Those words have so. never come out of my mouth. That is what you're saying. That is what you just said. But because I, Jeff Sims started, we lost those games. No, I so would you're telling recruited, me if Jeff Sims I would have recruited against, a different quarterback. If Jeff, Sims, if Jeff Sims started against NIU and Louisiana Tech, would we have lost those games? No. If Jeff Sims would have started against Illinois, would we have lost that game? Yes. I think that's more of a coin flip. How is that a coin flip? This Illinois team is the same caliber because, as no, NIU or Illinois throws to Illinois, the defense, Their defense on Illinois is not as bad as you think it is. And I think with Jeff Sims, they would have dropped back wow. and they would have tried to force the ball. They would have been trying to get his arm going because for all you heard from fall camp and spring ball is Jeff Sims can throw the ball. He's got a heck of a deep ball. Jeff Sims really has a rocket arm. He's going to be playing at the next level. Am I wrong? Did you hear all of this? Jeff Sims couldn't complete a Jay pass Sell to definitely the offense. Heard he called him to win the Heisman. That's my point. So, so when Illinois does not have a bad me, defense. Illinois does not have a bad defense. They have the most yards per game given up rushing in the conference. In the conference. But we're not talking yards. about rushing. Have, we are talking the about the fact yards. that Illinois they have would have the most, picked off Jeff have, Sims as much as Minnesota yards. did. They have the most total yards given up in the conference on defense as well. And might I add, they have the most points, points given up on defense in the Big Ten. So why don't you just stop that hot take right there, Bezo? Why don't you just stop that hot take, Bezo? You guys are buying into a quarterback to beat a terrible Illinois team. He beat a terrible non-Power 5 NIU, a terrible non-Power 5 Louisiana Tech, and you're acting like this guy's coming out here winning the Heisman. I don't think so. Not so fast. Jeff Sims is still the guy. Well, Jay, so the reason why I'm saying it's Harbaugh's team right now is because who else do we got? I mean, Jeff Sims. Sims. Jeff Jeff throws a pick. Sims, that guy. That's Jeff the guy you're talking run about. Run the ball, now, with Jeff Sims. That is why I Jeff gave him the fumbles nickname. the football. So maybe, Sims. I when gave he, him. 
when it touches his hand, Jeff Butterfinger Sims. I gave him the nickname Jeff Throws a Pick Sims. So I'm giving him the, the nickname the Jeff scoop, Butterfinger. Maybe, maybe if Jeff Sims, or sorry, maybe if Satterfield turns into the scoop once in a week, he would know to not throw the ball with Jeff Throws a Pick Sims. Now, maybe he would run the ball. What happens when Butterfinger touches it? Run the ball with Jeff Sims. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. He's a better athlete than Harburg. And you guys are flat out wrong for having this hot take. Harburg is not a better quarterback than Jeff Sims. He has a worse QBR, worse completion percentage. He has gotten lucky with who he's played. He did not have to go against a Minnesota hey, week one with a hey, whole Jay brand Sell. new team, brand new Jay team. I'm going I'm to need you to hop to off. He did off not have to go against Colorado. He did not have to go against Colorado and all the elite Colorado's elite terrible athletes. defense. Elite yeah. athletes, elite athletes, terrible okay. defense, though. So, yeah, oh, so Jay you're Sell, telling let's... me that a guy with the worst completion percentage would have came out and beat Colorado? T-Cell saying that Harburg would have beat Colorado. I don't I'm think I'm still shocked the... at the fact that we lost to Colorado, and I don't think the issue was necessarily Sims, other than the fact that he just dropped the football twice and threw a pick right to the defense. The you issue was delusion. the play calling because it should have been delusion. Gabe Urban 98% of the freaking game to where Jeff Sims didn't even have to touch the ball. Really, you could have benched Sims, put Gabe Urban back there as the quarterback and just had him do the wildcat run every single play, and you would have beat now, Colorado. Put Harvard back there. We're undefeated. That's what you guys are saying. Maybe. Except, look what happened against Michigan. Ball. Look what happened against Michigan. You get any team with a pulse, look what happens to Harvard. He shits the bat. We weren't going to beat Michigan either way. Is, no, is but we might have picked up a few to. more first downs. We might have scored a little bit more. Oh, so we, we can only hang our hat the... on a first down against Michigan. Hey, Mom, I got the game ball today because I got the only first down of the game against Michigan. We would have had more than only one, unfortunately, because we only started Harburg that entire game and only played Harburg that entire game. We did not score a touchdown until Michigan's fourth stringers on the road were in the game. And Fleeks, who's not even a running back, takes the ball and runs runs down the field for 60 yards. Harburg did nothing that game. And you I, guys are buying. I believe it was I believe it nobody. was 74 yards. Give give Josh Harburg his due. hasn't done a single thing, and you guys are buying it. I ain't buying in. What I'm telling you is this, Jay. So Harbaugh is good enough to Harburg. win you the next three games. Harburg. Oh, I'm you telling you, you know he's his name good and enough. You're buying into him. You don't even know his name and you're buying into him. I ain't buying in. I'm now, telling you, he's good enough to win the next three games. Go now, from there. All right. Now, T-Sol. Sims can win these next Jay-Sol. three games. If Harbaugh no, can win these games. If Harbaugh no. can win these games, Wrong. Jeff Sims can throw. Can nope. Win. Nope. Now, Sims here's an important fact here. Again. Minnesota's Jason's worse than here. half of these teams we have to play. Yes. Minnesota is terrible. Now, and you here's know the Northwestern squad? They beat Minnesota. So, now Sims already lost to Minnesota. Jeff Sims would have beat the same teams that Harburg has Jeff, beaten. You, say his name correctly. Jeff throws a pick Sims with lose right, to say, Northwestern. Say his name correctly. Harbaugh would have beat Minnesota then. Why don't you say his name correctly there, T-Saw? Who's Harbaugh? That's what you keep calling him. I believe it's the gummy bear factory. <laughs> That's Harborough. But I mean, what's the difference? He still just doesn't want to pronounce Haribu, it. Not Harborough. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Doesn't I'm matter, out here Stacey. eating them Harborough. But it's ultimately, Jason, the ultimate thing that it comes down to these next three weeks is running the football. 
We did it against Illinois. You keep doing it better. And Harburg runs the football better than Jeff Sims. So Lies. he's your guy for the I, next three oh games. Oh, my gosh. Lies. Jeff Sims averages more on the ground than Harburg. Look it up. Look up the stats. Look yeah, he up. averaged he averages fumbling the ball more times a game than Harburg. I completely agree with you. If you're going to talk about rushing stats, you got to talk about fumbles. If you're going to talk about throwing, you got to talk about picks. And guess what? Jeff Sims leads both categories. Well, if you're going to talk about throwing, you got to talk about completion percentage. And yeah, if you're going to talk about rushing, you got to talk about yards per carry. And you got to talk about the teams that they win against. Jeff Sims doesn't have a win. You wouldn't be discussing anything in that category. Teams. Oh my! Yeah, really? Jeff Sims would have lost oh, against NIU. Really? Jeff Sims would have lost against NIU. He would have lost he probably against Louisiana would've. Tech. That's what you're saying. He probably would have. I, I I can't even have this conversation. I, I you're delusional. Jeff throws a pick. Sims would throw a pick. <laughs> you're the one who gave him the nickname. You're not, <laughs> now you're you're gonna sit behind him and defend him. I mean, I are you so pissed off we beat Illinois that you're just going to paddle the coach on the way out? No, I'm mad that you guys are buying into a quarterback when he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything special. Yes, he beat them. I can go out there and beat a blind. Well, Jay, so there's something to be said about having our first Big Ten West victory. Against years. a team that doesn't even have a power five win. Congrats. This Illinois team isn't going to have a win. Whoa, 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 whoa. You remember Hold that? Hold on. What are you talking about? Our first Big Ten West win in two years. Yeah. We beat Iowa last year. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Did you did you block that out? Well, that was the, that was the Mickey Joseph special, my friend. Harburg <laughs> wasn't quarterback, so it doesn't count. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. But the point being is this, Jason, we won a Big Ten West road game. Let's move on to the next and keep battling. Okay, but Harburg is not the answer like you're thinking he is. Well, why would you bench him after a win? That doesn't make any sense. What are you, the Chicago if Jeff Bears? Sims, if Jeff Sims is healthy, he is a better option. I disagree. I think Jeff Jeff Sims is more electric. I will say his name right. Jeff throws a pick. Sims. I don't need him to throw a pick. I just need the most electric player out there. Nobody needs him to throw a pick. He's just going to do it. Say his name right. Heinrich Harbol. Say his name right. Harborough. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, Jason. Going into this Illinois game, I thought for sure if the game was. Close, the offense looked out of sync. Any of that coming off the bye week, Jeff Sims would be back in there. I you picked us to beat it. Michigan. Why am I going to take your word? <laughs> why? When did I pick us to beat Michigan? That is one of two losses I picked on the season. He's got a yellow shirt underneath that red sweatshirt. We all see it there. I do see it now. <laughs> yeah, one of did two you losses make a secondary bet with the Go Blue guys, and now you have to wear a yellow shirt on the podcast? I did not make a secondary bet, and I thought it would be interesting as well to the two of you to bring up how each of us is doing and how the panel was doing on their picks for the season and who's gotten the most right and the most wrong. And so what would you find more interesting here, Jason? Who's gotten most of the picks for the season right first? Or would you like to know who's sitting in the bottom with the most wrong? 
Well, you know I think you. I know who's. I think I know who's got the most wrong, and it ain't me. Uh, no, me that so. would be correct, Jason. You and I are tied with two picks so far wrong on the season. Hey, what are you smoking at, Gaucho? <laughs> now, if we were starting from the bottom here, let's just let's go this way. Actually, let's start from the top because I think it's more interesting and fun this way. So at the top here is Paul. Well, it's only it's only more fun because you just gave away who's at the top. Paul and Chazzy are at the top. Each of them so far on the season has picked five games correct and one game wrong. Both the get they both got the same game wrong, and that was the Colorado game. I thought it was gonna be Michigan. Now the next level is actually where most of us are sitting. Double D, Big Dog, B. Schneid, Jaisal, and myself. All have gotten two games wrong. Little mix-up across the board there. Everybody got Colorado wrong, but about half of us had Minnesota picked as a win that was a loss. The rest of them had Illinois picked as a loss, which was a win. Now, bringing up the rear with three games picked incorrectly is our buddy T. Sull who seems to continually tell all of us that he knows what he's talking about. He's the smartest guy on the panel, and everything he touches and picks is correct and never wrong. And so, T-Cell, I got to ask, how are you feeling at this halfway point in the season? Do you think your 5-1 and one remaining record is realistic? The Huskers going 5-1? and one? Yes. Definitely. And you still feel confident that that one loss is going to be to Maryland. Honestly, Bissell, I'm actually shocked that Maryland isn't in the top 25 right now. I'm shocked. It's hard to be in the top 25 after getting embarrassed like that by self-destructing. Everyone else in the top 25 is getting embarrassed, and yet they're still ranked. That is one thing I would have to agree with T-Saul. I'm just saying Maryland has a legit quarterback and based on what I've seen, I'd be ranking a team with a good quarterback. Yeah. So well, let me ask all... you this be so when USC finally loses like they have, sh- have should have done in the past, you know, two, three weeks, do they all of a sudden drop out of the top 25? No, they're not going to just drop out of the top 25. That Maryland was never in the top 25. So that's, they should have been mistake. They were the only Power 5 undefeated team at 5-0 and not ranked. I don't know that that's true there, T-Sell. It, it is, is true. true. I saw a stat about it. Now they lost. Now the stats, you know, null and void. But ultimately, they should have at least been 25. If you didn't believe in them, they should have at least been 25. They because should have been ranked. Choose. Yeah, they should have been. They were 5-0. and I could you agree You could with claim that. they didn't play anybody, but then neither did Michigan. So why are we ranking Michigan in the top five? Well, you know? why was Colorado all of a sudden up there? Who did they beat? They beat TCU. They Who was that? Us. They beat us. <laughs> yeah, that's a stellar win. TCU is a solid unit still. I believe they haven't lost since then. Uh, yes, they have. TCU is uh, not a solid unit. They're a solid unit. Uh, on what standards? Illinois standards? Then heck yeah, they are. All right, so let me just let me just ask you guys this, just because I'm I'm very curious, and I know T. Cell seems to think that um, I believe Illinois is the worst team in the Big Ten. So let's just let's just bypass. Let's go right through it. So if I told you you were going to beat Towson, Charlotte, University of Virginia, Michigan State, 
Indiana to start five and zero. You think you deserve to be in the top twenty-five? If you're undefeated, when, yes. When those teams collectively have scored, I believe, a total of twenty-two points on the season. If you're undefeated, you should be ranked. Okay, because why was why was why was Tulane ranked? Why was Tulane ranked? Who who did Tulane beat? Tulane returned a lot of starters from a very good team last year. Okay, B. Saul, you want to play this game? If you beat East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Minnesota, you deserve to be ranked number one in the country, according to you. Um, I, T. Saul, the hard part here is I would tell you no off of the schedule. However, Michigan returned a majority of their team from the playoffs last year. This isn't a Maryland team that made the playoffs or was very good last year or any of that. Maryland is a shock this year with what they've been doing. That is why they are not ranked. I picked them that way. And don't you even argue against that. And you know they're going to either top Michigan or Penn State, and you know that's coming soon, Scoopers. Well, you said they would beat one of the three, and they already lost one of them. So I'd love to see them. Because Ohio State's probably the best team on that side. Where were you? Didn't you? Hold on. Hold on. I'll argue that all day long. I believe earlier this episode, you came out and said, Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten. In Kevin Warren's head. How? That's not my head. How would they be the best team if Ohio State is the best team in your opinion? According to Kevin Warren. You yeah, didn't finish the quote there, B. So you now can't you backtrack. You got to change things and do all of that. It's I it's, ain't Kevin I'm Warren. I ain't worried. I'm telling you this. Ohio State has a legit victory under their belt, and none of the other teams in the East do. So if you're going to give Michigan favoritism for what they did last year, guess what? I don't care what they did last year. It's all about this year. And Ohio State beat Notre Dame. That should rocket them above everybody else in the East. Because wow. who have you beat? I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to come out and say they beat Maryland, so they should be jumped up above everybody else. I'm surprised that you went to Notre Dame there, the way that you've been uh, cheering on Maryland all this season. They don't rank Maryland. You know, as much as I want the Huskers to be good, I can't give Michigan props for beating us. Hasn't stopped everyone else. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan is also lucky with the schedule layout that they have this year. Let me ask you this, b So Maryland dropping a game to Ohio State in a tougher battle where they actually had the lead through, I believe, the first quarter and into the second quarter is a worse team than Kansas who got mollywhopped by Texas. Yeah, but you saw what do you guys say on that? Now they didn't just get beat, they got mollywopped. They got mollywopped by a Texas <laughs> team that turned around and got mollywopped by Oklahoma. Exactly my point. Do you think Kansas yep. is better than Maryland? That there is I, a bias. I would say yes. Okay. How about this? You got Kentucky, who beat Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt, and horrible Florida Gators. And they got mollywhopped by Georgia, and they're a better team than Maryland. 
Yes. Kentucky. We're not talking basketball. We're talking football. Before we, hey, before we move off of Kansas. About Maryland. Before we move off of Kansas, I want to know who they have beaten. You know, they beat Montana State. Jay, so I got Kansas losing the they next beat, five games. Uh, they beat Illinois. They beat no. They beat Illinois in a closer game. Nebraska blew out Illinois. Don't forget that. Should Nebraska be ranked? That's another question. They beat Nevada. They beat BYU. Oh, I'm feeling. Wait, 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 wait. Jason, you can't forget. I believe BYU was T Cell's dark horse to win the Big Twelve. So therefore, T Cell, no, your dark horse for the Big Twelve lost to Kansas. Which would therefore mean Kansas is the best team in the Big 12, according to T-Cell's rankings. Not to win the Big 12. They're my dark horse to play in the Big 12 championship. And B-Cell, based off of that Oklahoma over Texas victory, BYU is very much alive in the Big 12. How do you figure the Big 12 championship will be a rematch of Oklahoma and Texas? I think that's almost impossible at this point. Um, can you please explain to me how you think that is impossible? BYU's got one loss. They're four and one. And it's okay. apparently to Kansas, who's going to lose the next five games. So that eliminates them. So, so BYU has one conference loss. Texas has one conference loss. Oklahoma has zero. West Virginia has zero. I would tell you West Virginia's got a better shot right now than BYU. Uh, then you would just be wrong. How do you figure? If you are undefeated in conference play, you would have a better shot than a team that has a loss so far. They got rolled by Penn State. They're not going to make it very far in the Big 12. That's their only loss. So what? Who have they beat? Texas Tech? You want to give your hats off to Texas Tech? Let me remind you, Texas Tech does not have Patrick Mahomes anymore. Yeah. Texas Tech did put up a fight against Oregon. It's exactly my point, Jason. Texas Tech also only has one conference loss there, Tiesel. And they're higher ranked than your BYU Cougars. So can you admit that BYU will not be in the Big 12 championship nope. game? Because that is a horrible it. take. How far That's off his... the rankings did you have to scroll to see those names? BYU? Yes. Um, they are the eighth best team in the Big 12. Eighth. So we're not even looking at it in the country because I can't even count that high. All right. Well, I'm sick about this Big 12. Let's, you know, let's talk about the Big Ten or maybe top 25 matchups that we're looking forward to. Jason, what top 25 matchups come to your head or Big Ten, whatever you want to talk about? Well, we can start it off with the top 25 and let me start this off hot. How is the number 10 team in the country? Yes, you might be on the road. You're going against the number 24 team in the country. How are you, or sorry, number 21 team in the country in the AP pool? In the AP poll, how are you the underdog? Yep, exactly. That's what it should be called after the number 10 team in the country is an underdog. Underdog. If you're the number 10 team in the country, you should never be an underdog if you're playing somebody below you. But that is not the game in the top 25 that I am circling that 
you might want to watch because things might get a little dicey for the team who is ranked above. And honestly, that was going to be one I circled because I think USC is a sham. I don't think Notre Dame is all that good either, but I think Notre Dame, I think USC is a sham and it is going to show this week as I believe USC is going to get knocked off. Finally, we have been waiting for it. And Game to watch, though, is going to be Oregon-Washington. Honestly, it's just going to be seeing who can outscore the other, and that is how that game is going to go. But for my underdog, I got to pull out on this game. I think I am going to go with UCLA over Oregon State. I don't think Oregon State is all that good. I think they are all right. Is at Oregon State, which is a tough place to play, but I think DJ Ugalungaway is going to drop this game, and that is where we're going to see Oregon State drop out of the top 25 with two losses or drop down to 24-25. Yeah, Jason, I agree with you. I think it's crazy to me that the number team con- number 10 team in the country is a dog this week. I think that's insane. Um, if we are talking straight game to watch, I agree with you. Game to watch of the week, Oregon, Washington, um, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. Going to be some great quarterback play there. Going to be a game that everybody should turn on, should watch. It's going to be in prime time, and you're not going to want to miss it. Now, if our goal is to pick the most likely upset in the top 25 this week, JSL, UCLA, Oregon State is going to be a good game. It's going to be close. And like you said, playing in Oregon State, uh, going to Corvallis is never easy. I can tell you right now, the easiest upset to pick this week is Mizzou over Kentucky. And I really like Kentucky. I like both these teams. Both these teams have played really well all season. And I can tell you right now, Mizzou coming off that heartbreaking loss to LSU on a pick six to put the game away, Mizzou is coming out firing. They're going to be hot. And they are going to take down Kentucky this week. Well, B, so I don't know that I'm buying that because Mizzou hasn't quite been the same Mizzou team that left the Big 12. I do agree with both of you guys that uh, Washington and Oregon's the game to watch, but it might be over by halftime because I think Washington's just going to roll them. I think Washington's one of the best teams in the country. And I think Washington's ultimately going to be representing the Pac-12 in the college football playoff this year. Based on what I've seen, Washington seems to be the unstoppable force this season. But my game to watch for my upset, I'll do I'll do two. I'll just do outside of the Big Ten and inside of the Big Ten. And outside of the Big Ten, I think that Louisville is due for a letdown game. Horrible take. No well, horrible take. Jeff Brown game. Jeff Brom is not losing to Pitt. Louisville isn't that good. They were a terrible team last year. You bring in Jeff Brom, you're not going undefeated, B Saul. They just now, took out Notre Dame, a team that nobody in the country gave them a chance to do. They have a tough schedule to end the season. I think they're doomed on the road at Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to show up to play in that game. I well, let's not Pittsburgh stop there. Show up, but let's let's just wait a second here. I'm I'm sorry. How 
do you see this team losing to Pitt? T-Cell, this Louisville team is built up from Jeff Brom, and he was able to it's build. It's his first season. As you what said, do you mean it's built you know, off Jeff Brom? Jeff Brom brought he a lot of players He barely even unpacked in. his bags. Yeah, brought 23 players in through the transfer portal, handful of Purdue guys, such as their quarterback. Jack Plummer has been huge for them. They've won games, and I believe uh, earlier this episode, were you not talking that the reason Ohio State had been winning championships is that they weren't scheduling Purdue? Purdue was coached by Jeff Brom, so therefore they weren't scheduling Jeff Brom. Had Jeff Brom, Brom is now here Team coaching history. in Louisville, and he is going to beat Pitt this week. Well, you think, think so. b got fired up on that one? Wait till you hear this one. I want another game that you got to be watching. It is Sam Jackson the fifth. And Cal is going to be taking down the number 16 overrated Utah. And I think Utah is a sham. They're overrated. And there is nothing spectacular about that team. But I do want to clap back at Tiso real quick. Oregon and Washington is not going to be over at halftime. And if it is, I think it's going to be the other way around. Washington does not have a defense like Oregon. Oregon has the athletes on defense as well. Washington only is a one-sided football team. They are an offensive team. They are going to outscore you. That is their game plan. However, Oregon can keep up with the scoring. And I do believe that Oregon's defense is going to have more stops in the game than Washington's. Jason, I would not jump on that train. With you because well, I'm already on Washington. Washington has been dominating everybody so far this every season. game. Washington is the best team in the Pac-12, and Jason. I might argue too, they're the best in the country, honestly, based on what I've seen. I don't know that I would go that far, but they are well, definitely the best in, in the big in the Pac-12. Um, how about anybody who's already ranked above them? Okay, but so because I'm they blew out Michigan State. Tulsa, Boise State beat Arizona by one score. And, and Cal, who you're calling for a, a top 25 upset this week. These guys rolled those guys. So, Jason, yes. if your and pick comes true, that makes Washington look a little bit better. I, and I can tell you right now that that ludicrous pick of Cal upsetting Utah <laughs> is just, it's not going to happen. And let me tell you. It's not I ludicrous. Have, yeah, it, it is extremely ludicrous. And I can tell you right now. Cal put up 32 on this Washington, so-called the best team in the they Pac-12. They put up 32 points. Congratulations. I can tell you right now, this Utah team, the biggest issue that they've had is the fact that Cam Rising has not been healthy at all this and season. And he's not going to play. And he's yes. not going to play. And he's that done for the year. Losing. That's why he's getting that medical redshirt. But I can tell you right now. That's why Johnson, they're losing. Johnson has done a fantastic job filling in for him. Wait till Sam Jackson, the fifth, the fifth, is out there throwing dimes against this defense, just dotting them, dotting them all over the field. But I do want to add that Oregon has blown out teams just like Washington. However, they have held all of their opponents to less than 10 points other than Texas Tech. Well, Jay, so apparently all the coaches from around the country were phoning in to help Oregon beat Colorado. So oh, they I wouldn't really needed give it. them props against Colorado personally. They were. It's, it's already come out that everyone around the country got sick of Colorado and they all phoned in to help them game plan against them. So how good I is game Oregon if they need team. help game planning against Colorado? I could have game plan against that team. 
Well, apparently Oregon needed help. So that just shows you how terrible a coaching that Oregon potentially has on their end. Well, if they're going to get out help, coached it was, against Washington. If they needed help, it was pretty good intel they got with how they did. But what I'm telling you is this, Jason. My upset, top 25 upset out of the Big Ten. You might have guessed it, Scoopers, from earlier on this podcast, but I got Purdue upsetting Ohio State this week because they finally scheduled them. They went against what Kevin Warren wanted to do, and it's going to cost the Buckeyes their playoff hopes this season. Now, listen, mine is not a top 25 pick for an upset in the Big Ten. It is my game to watch of the week in the Big Ten, and I see this one going as an upset. And this is Brian Ferentz's coming out party against Wisconsin. I think the defense is going to lock down and hold Wisconsin under 20 points, and it is going to be Brian Ferentz hitting his 25-point mark and winning this game. Yeah, Jason, I think this Iowa-Wisconsin game has trouble written all over it for both teams. Um, I think it's going to come down to whose quarterback makes the least amount of mistakes because both defenses are stout. Both defenses are going to try and stop the run. They're going to sell out for it, so it's going to come down to who can make the most pass attempts. I agree with you. I do like Iowa in this game, and maybe that's just me being biased, hoping that Wisconsin can get a Big Ten loss here. No, I'm with you both. I don't think that Wisconsin is that great of a football team. I think they have one of the easiest schedules in the West this season, and they might benefit from that with their record. But when it comes down to it, we know that Iowa plays elite defense. Wisconsin plays good defense. And Wisconsin's trying to change their whole structure of what they do on offense. They're trying to be pass happy. They're Ultimately, they've been a running football team. So there's going to be some you know, some uh, growing pains when it comes to that. And Iowa already knows their identity. Their elite defense and minimal offense hit the tight end, run the football, run the clock. And I don't think Wisconsin's going to be able to match that. I I don't think Iowa's going to blow them out, but I think that they'll take the victory when it comes down to the final seconds. Well, let me tell you something. The only close game Wisconsin has played at the end, like close towards the end of the game. Obviously, all the other games were kind of close until Wisconsin likes to put up points at the end of the game. They lost that game in a one-score game. They lost to Washington State. Not a one-score game, sorry, but the closest game they've played all year. It was a nine-point game that I believe Washington State went for two to put him up to two scores. And that's my point, Jason. There's no such thing as a quick one-year fix, and that's why Bezos, you know, you know, he's he's delusional, living in his delusional world, thinking thinking that Jeff Brom can fix Louisville football one season is just crazy. Now, I've got a interesting proposition here for you both because T Cell seems um, T Cell seems to think that Jeff Brom is not a good coach, which is just ludicrous. Um, but I'm, I'm done. I'm moving past it. I'm not going to get frustrated with the fact that you don't want to buy into the Cardinals beating Pittsburgh this week. How about this? It's a bye week. We all love college football. We're all going to have it out. We're going to be watching. I want to get you two to lock in two things. I want you to lock in an upset for the week. It can be you need to lock in one 
lock, so a team to cover their spread points, and one upset. Your upset or your spread, one needs to be from the Big Ten schedule. The other needs to be from the top 25 matchups. I want well, one outright upset and one outright covering the spread. From each? No, just two games total, but you have to have one from each. Well, I would say I got Iowa covering the spread and as my upset. But if I got to go into the top 25 as well to pick one. So is, so is Iowa your outright upset? Because they are not favored, so they wouldn't be covering the spread. They would be covering the spread. Actually, they would be covering the spread and getting the upset. But you're taking them to win outright. No, I will take them to cover the points, and I will take Cal to upset Utah. All right. If I'm locking mine and I got Rutgers covering the spread over Michigan State, that's an easy one. They're only favored by four and a half, so I think they'll win by more than a touchdown against those guys. And my top 25 upset, I got Pittsburgh over Louisville. Now, I feel like both of you are locking in your games here a little little crazy here because I think you're taking shots at teams that I believe in, which is just throwing your pick away here. Um, Throwing our pick away, Mr. Delusional. Throwing our pick away. So I'm going to lock in as my upset here, Mizzou over Kentucky. I think that's, I think that's a lock. I think that's easy to do. Um, My cover, and it's a little aggressive. They're getting a lot of points here. I'm going to take Penn State to cover over UMass in the Big Ten. Penn State is a 41.5 point favorite, and UMass, yes, they do have one win on the season, but they are the worst team in all of college football. They can't and, be the worst team in all of college football if they got a win. Well, got a point. I beg to differ. Well, the team they played begs to differ as well there, b but thanks for joining us for another week of the Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Cell. B-Cell. And T-Cell. And don't forget to follow and like. And you can find us on Twitter at Sully underscore Scoop. Go Big Red.